Welcome to the Warrior School Podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe lifting weights, knowing our cycles, and training with them is the future of women's training. I also believe this training, nutrition, and health stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard, and we should all feel strong and confident. So, This is your go-to show for practical information to build a stronger and healthier body. You'll find content on training, nutrition, hormones, and tons of experts who want to help you get stronger and healthier. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Welcome back to the Warrior School Podcast. This is episode 130. 130, baby. Oh, I like her. I like how she looks. I like how she sounds. Ah. All right, it's Thursday. I know. I'm breaking the rules. Actually, I'm bending the rules. Uh, Podcast day is normally on Wednesday. But... Oh, wow. Did I have a cracker of a day yesterday, <laughs> uh, which I'm going to tell you about. And it fits super well with our topic today, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to move through pain and injury. Uh, this month inside of Warrior School, this is our topic. We, you know, we normally have a topic that comes uh, that comes up. Uh, through my momentum calls with my warriors and so through various conversations you know I'll make some notes around things that are coming up quite a lot so last month uh, what came up a lot was pain injury discomfort and this concept of how do we move through it and so today in the podcast episode we're going to talk about how to move through pain and injury I have to admit, it's probably one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh, I really love and I'm so fascinated by this topic of pain, our relationship to pain, discomfort and injury. And this is because pain and injury have been a really big part of my story. And they've also been a really big part of my work for the last, you know, 13 or 14 years. Uh, And... I, th- I thought that I would start with telling you a bit about my story around pain and injury. Now, a lot of you have probably heard my story before, uh, which is totally cool. I think it can be really powerful to, to hear someone's story around being in pain or injured or being in discomfort and moving through that. So I wanted to share uh, pieces of my story and then bring you to current day. <laughs> current day being yesterday, which was Wednesday, where I was flat on my back <laughs> on the floor in pain. And I actually spent uh, my entire day, I had to retire from life. <laughs> and I spent my entire day uh, 
resting. But we'll get to that. We'll get to current day. So I come from a gymnastics and dancing background. I started gymnastics when I was three years old. I did that competitively. And then my family moved up north and I couldn't do competitive gymnastics anymore. So I started to dance and I danced uh, for quite a long time, mostly throughout primary school and then into high school. I also played competitive field hockey. Uh, We come from a big hockey family. My mum was a very good uh, field hockey player. I feel like I have to preface the field bit because I'm living in the north and if you talk about hockey, they think you're talking about ice hockey. And I can tell you, I did not play ice hockey. Uh, I'm like, you know Bambi? (laughs) Little Bambi, when she's born uh, and she's got her legs everywhere, that's me on ice. Um, The first year I moved here, Carson took me ice skating And I had to hold on to him the whole time. I'm sure I could be very good at it uh, if I practiced. But Carson's an extremely good ice skater. He played competitive hockey, ice hockey, most of his life. So I I played competitive field hockey. I've been in gym since I was about 14 or 15 years old. And I had never experienced uh, pain chronic pain or even injuries. I think uh, the worst thing that happened was I rolled my ankle on either a jumping castle or my trampoline when I was about eight or nine. Then I went to university and while I was at university, I started to run a lot. Uh, I wasn't good at it especially more longer distance running. Throughout primary school, I did a lot of uh, sprinting, but never long distance running. Not really built for the long distance running. <laughs> if you've seen me, I, um, I've got a lot of muscle mass on me. And so it's quite heavy <laughs> to move around. Uh, I wasn't as muscly when I was at university, though. So I was a little lighter, a little less muscle, but I thought it was a really great way to train, uh, to exercise. It was really time efficient. It was not something that I had done a lot of. Uh, and so I really wanted to get good at it. So I did it a lot, <laughs> which seems to be a pattern that comes up in my life. If I'm not good at something, I do it a lot to try and get very good at it. Sometimes to the detriment of my body, which we will talk about. So I ran a lot. And the excessive amount of running paired with sitting a lot, uh, being quite stressed, doing my master's, Oh, that year also brought many other delicious things. I had a terrible relationship breakdown. Uh, I was getting up at 5 a.m. to train on top of doing my master's. And then I did my major clinical placement. And what happened was that I would start to get this back pain and it would flare up. It would stay for a while and then it would go away. 
And this happened on and off for a good year or so until one day I was flat on my back on the floor and I couldn't get up. (laughs) I couldn't get up off the floor. So I was referred to uh, a coach who specialized in pain and rehabilitation. And we started our work together in, I think, late 2012. So that was my really first experience of pain, chronic pain. And, you know, being at this point where I was weak, I was broken, I was uncomfortable all the time. I was scared. I was scared to move. I was scared to train. I didn't trust my body. I had no confidence in my body. So the work with Jules, you know, and I speak often about these three exercises that he gave me in our first session, and I still have them saved in my phone. Uh, And I look at them and, and it really reminds me where I have come from when it comes to uh, my physical capabilities, you know, the body that I have built today. These are three super basic movements that I really struggled to do. I was just so weak and broken. And so we worked together and it took about 12 months to really move from being in this place of pain to being pain-free or only experiencing uh, a little bit of discomfort in maybe new challenging movements. Uh, It was 12 months that really took me from being scared to feeling more confident in my body and in movement. Jules really taught me how to train, how to train properly, how to rebuild a body from the ground up. And, you know, I believe that's the real problem when it comes to this training stuff is that a lot of us weren't taught how to build a strong foundation. And that's what Jules taught me. You know, we worked together for five years and I went from being flat on my back on the floor, unable to even lift a 20 kilo barbell to competing in Olympic weightlifting and putting, you know, my body weight and more over my head, uh, which is so epic uh, and really cool. So then the next piece of the story that I I really want to share with you is after I moved through that initial, I guess, very acute or chronic um, pain experience into this state of, okay, I have a stronger body, I feel more capable, I'm not in pain, There is some discomfort sometimes, but I really learned how to manage it. We moved into Olympic weightlifting and one day Jules just taught me how to snatch, which is one of the Olympic weightlifting movements. And I just had this natural ability to be able to do it, which is super common uh, in dancers or gymnasts. Often we have the mobility, uh, we have, we have learnt routines and choreography. So from a technical perspective, we can pick up Olympic weightlifting really well. And often the two biggest challenges with Olympic weightlifting is poor mobility and really crappy technique. If you have good mobility and you have good technique, the work really becomes in building the stability and strength within the sport. So he taught me how to snatch. And I remember that day so clearly. 
that was the first day in well over a year or 18 months that I felt strong and capable and powerful and graceful. And I actually fell deeply in love uh, with the sport in that session. And then I started to just train Olympic weightlifting. So I would train, you know, a lot, like three or four hours a day, six days a week. I started to compete in Olympic weightlifting. I fell deeply in love with it. And I believe it will always be one of my greatest love affairs with the sport, with the bar. And it really, it really helped me fall deeply in love with my body and what it was capable of. It's such a beautiful sport. And that's why my hope is that every woman gets to experience what it's like to have a heavy barbell in her hands or on her body, you know, to lift a weight that she once couldn't lift. I really hope that for you. And if you want help with that, I invite you to check out Warrior School. That's what we do inside of Warrior School. I help you rebuild your foundation so then we can have a great love affair with strength training, a great love affair with the barbell. Because I can tell you, she will teach you so much about yourself and about your body. So I was training a lot and what happened over time, a couple of years into, into this, this training volume and, and training in this sport, I began to notice that I was feeling tired all of the time and irritable. Uh, I was, you know, these niggles were coming up in my body. I was uncomfortable a little bit more or experiencing, you know, some injuries. Uh, and this sport is really hard on your body, you know, the, the volume and the load. And what I know now was that I was overtraining. I was training way too much. Uh, and just the accumulation of the volume and the load uh, over time started to create an energy problem. Uh, and it also started to create like pain and discomfort. And I remember, you know, when I, I was first starting the sport and something would come up in my body, a pain or some discomfort. And I remember I would freeze and it would be really scary because I did not want to go back to being that weak, broken girl again. I was terrified. And that, that fear really held me back um, a lot at the start of that sport because I didn't want to do anything that could potentially injure myself or you know, make me feel weak or broken again. Uh, and I remember the first few injuries or I don't even really want to call them injuries because it's not like I, you know, ruptured my ACL or tore a ligament in my shoulder. I'm really just talking about more like structural imbalances that develop slowly over time that create pain or discomfort. And you know, when we're talking about pain or discomfort or injury, 
you know, I think it's important to look at acute versus chronic. So we can have very much acute pain or an acute injury that just comes on really quickly. And then we can have more of a chronic presentation that may start to come come on a little slowly. Uh, It's kind of like my coach describes it as an aura. So if you've ever had a migraine, and I've never had a migraine before, but uh, the way they describe it is that there's this aura that gets created And there's these little signs that, you know, if we're paying attention, we can capture it when it's in that aura phase before it actually turns into this full-blown migraine. So it could be tingling of the fingers. It could be some spots in the vision. It could be this sensation we start to feel in part of our head. And that's the aura. That's like the pain aura. And really, it's giving you information. It's a sensation that's telling you something. So we can really act on that. So when I was lifting, there were many moments from what I now know that I was experiencing auras. And so something would come up, it would feel a little bit uncomfortable. And it was, it was an aura, but I would keep going and I would keep pushing, you know, my obsession with the sport, wanting to be great having this deep love and passion and desire for it and just really wanting to train. Sometimes I wouldn't listen to the aura. And so then we would push too hard uh, and then it would be a very strong aura. It would be like the migraine came. And so that would stop me from training. It would stop me from lifting. And I remember my first few, like I think pretty quick I had a wrist problem Uh, then I had a bit of a shoulder problem an ankle problem now this isn't because I didn't know what I was doing it isn't because I was doing it incorrectly you know I had an amazing coach um, phenomenal one of the best coaches you know out there uh, so talented at um, coaching at programming at the technical aspect of training you know, so I was on an amazing program. I worked really hard on my mobility, my flexibility, the health of my body. I had really good recovery practices. You know, I had a really solid foundation. So these niggles or these injuries or this discomfort wasn't from because I didn't know what I was doing and I was doing it wrong. And I think that's really important. We have this idea that we shouldn't be in pain or we shouldn't feel discomfort. And I very much had that view uh, when I started to Olympic weightlift. You know, I thought pain was bad, discomfort was bad, injury was bad. And I didn't deal with them very well uh, for, you know, the first few years. And then I got injured quite badly at the end of, no, it was the start of 2016. So I competed in the Australian Open at the end of 2015. And leading up to that, I had this aura, um, so this pain or this discomfort in my rib, my at the back. So imagine that you're standing behind me, staring at my back. It was like between my shoulder blade and my spine, uh, you know, around midway in my back. And it would come up a lot when I was jerking out of the rack. So the jerk is where you have it in front of you. You dip and then you push underneath it. So the bar uh, is over your head. And 
I would have to lower the bar back down onto my shoulders. And so that repetitive force of lowering it down created this aura or this niggle around my rib. And I remember looking back in my training diary. So I've kept a training diary for about 10 years now. And so in that training diary, I always write my training plan for the day. I write what day of my cycle I'm on. And then I write anything that comes up in the body. Anything that I notice, you know, what I learned, what training taught me. And this is what we do in warrior school. So all of my warriors um, have a diary or should have a diary or they have their notes section in their phone or on their training app. And they, you know, part of the, the whole work in warrior school is learning how to train. You know, what did training teach you today? What did you notice? And this is why I believe tracking and writing in your journal is so powerful. So I would write rib, 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 and then I often put plus signs for how bad the discomfort is. And then one night, uh, so I competed in the Australian Open. You know, we did a lot of work around it. Anytime anything came up in my body, my coach and myself would work through that. You know, we would create a system, a protocol, a strategy to really work through that. And it, and it totally worked. Yeah, we, we got on top of my wrist pain really quickly, my knee pain, my ankle pain. I think to have someone lead you through it is so powerful. You know, it's really hard to lead ourselves, especially when we feel like we've, we're just so stuck. You know, we might be in the pit or the black hole and we feel like, oh my goodness, I'm weak and broken again because I can't lift the weight or I'm not progressing in this linear fashion. And it brings up a lot of old stories and a lot of old fear. And that's what it did for me. Um, if something came up in my body, I thought it was bad because I didn't want to be a weak, broken girl again. And so after the Australian Open, I had a rest. You know, we deloaded. I had some time off. And so the Australian Open was in December 2015. And then it was, I think, February or March 2016, one night at Barbell Club. So we trained as a, as a team or as a group twice a week together. And then uh, on those days, I would train twice a day. So in the morning time, I would do my session. And then at night, uh, we used to train at 7.30 to 9.30 at night, which is crazy now, so, so late. But, you know, when you're all together and you're training together, there's such an energy that comes um, with that. And it's super cool. And I really miss that. I miss training with a group of lifters. It's very magical and um, magnetic to watch. So this night I did a clean, not super heavy, and my rib popped out. So they call it a subluxation where the head of the rib, rib four, popped out. Uh, and I was flat on my back on the floor. Now you can imagine what went through my head when I was flat on my back on the floor in pain. I was extremely upset. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. I, anyone who's had a rib dislocation or a subluxation, it is so painful. Uh, I managed to get myself home that night. Uh, but I couldn't get undressed, so I needed someone to help me actually get undressed. Uh, and 
I didn't deal well with that injury at all. It actually put me in a really dark place, uh, which we call the bottom of the pit or the black hole. And I felt super dark and twisty because it brought up all the old fears and the old story around being weak and broken. Uh, and it, it's not just, it wasn't just the pain. Like I've, I can deal with pain, you know, pain or discomfort. I've learned so much about that in the last 10, 12 years, having a solid training practice. Uh, and now I really welcome it. But back then I, I didn't welcome it. And what happened, what surfaced from that experience was a deep attachment to Olympic weightlifting. You know, I based my self-worth and who I was on the barbell, how much I could lift, how well I could lift. I was known as the pretty lifter. You know, I wasn't always the biggest or the strongest. I was actually the smallest in my weight category. You know, the girls were way bigger and stronger than me. and so I identified, you know, with being the pretty lifter, the one at a competition or when someone saw lift would just be blown away by the technicality um, of my lifting. And so I found myself in a black hole and I didn't deal with it well. And it really put a, a big strain on a lot of my relationships, especially the relationship with my coach. I was very uncoachable. It created a lot of friction between us because I couldn't get past the fact that I felt weak and broken again. I couldn't even move pain-free, let alone train, let alone lift. So I was in the pit for a while. (laughs) It was probably a good few weeks after that happened. And then I really needed to rise out of it (laughs) or crawl out of it. Um, And... I needed help. So Jules, my coach, obviously was um, the person that helped me crawl out of that the most. But I had to do a lot of work, a lot of mental and emotional work around, you know, my worth wasn't based on the barbell. Just because I got injured doesn't mean I'm weak and I'm broken. So we had to do a lot of deep work. And that's what normally happens in the in the pit or the black hole. That's where <laughs> that's where we've got to do all the shit work, the the deep shitty work on ourselves. Uh, and there, what comes to mind uh, around this is Sarah Lewis wrote a book called Rise, and a while ago, one of my warriors actually shared a quote uh, from the book that. I would really like to share with you uh, because this, you know, this, I guess her work along with this whole concept or idea of the long way home really came out of my own experience with pain and injury and how I move through it. And this is what we do in warrior school. Uh, And so I'll attach the image to the show notes and I really want you to have a look at it. I also recorded a video. I don't know if they call them IGTVs anymore on Instagram. But anyway, there's a video there on Instagram. It's called Rises, Challenges and Hard Rights. And it's about 10 minutes long. I invite you to watch that as well while I really talk about um, this this concept of rise challenge hard right and building capacity 
So while I was experiencing this injury and recovering from my rib and trying to pull myself out of the black hole, uh, essentially I was trying to rise again and really overcome this challenge I had around being in pain or being injured or feeling discomfort in my body. I just couldn't seem to move through it. So I had to do a lot of work. And so Sarah Lewis wrote a book on rise and Shar, one of my warriors, shared me uh, shared with me a quote and I really love it and I want to share it with you. When we take the long view, we value the arc of a rise, not because of what we have achieved at that height, but because of what it tells us about our capacity. So think, you know, if you've ever been in pain or injured that you're in the bottom of the black hole, you're in the pit. Now, it's not great to be there, so we want to move out of it, crawl out, jump out. We would prefer to just jump out away from that black pit as fast as possible, but it doesn't work like that. And what I found from my own experience and now from working with hundreds of women who are in the pits or the black hole you know, the initial part out of it, the initial crawl out, um, you know, the rise seems really steep. It seems really slow. There's a lot of friction there. There's a lot of stuff that we need to work on and break down old stories and beliefs, even old trauma. And so Sarah Lewis talks about how there is a rise. So we rise up uh, and then once we, we kind of reach a top, we have a challenge. A challenge comes up and then we fall and then the fall down, you know, down below is where we really build capacity. You know, we learn, learn about ourselves uh, and then we can begin the rise again. And, you know, we have a challenge, we fall, we build capacity And this is kind of what it's like taking the long way home. When we choose the long way, we're choosing that, you know, it's not going to be linear. There's going to be moments where we rise and then we, we have a challenge. And so that challenge could be we experience pain or discomfort or we get injured and then we fall. And we feel like we're falling way back into the pit, (laughs) We, we feel like we are tumbling back down into the bottom of that black hole. And I know it can feel like that. And that's how I felt when I would be in pain or I would experience discomfort. Uh, and it took that rib injury. And I actually had to step away from Olympic weightlifting. So the reason why I stepped away was because I just really couldn't get out of the black hole. I couldn't get out of the pit. And as I was trying to crawl my way out, I realized that I had such a negative attachment to Olympic weightlifting. So I stepped away. And for the last, you know, five and a half, six years, I've worked really hard on on this rise, this challenge, this fall, this building capacity. I've worked really hard to change my relationship to training, um, to the barbell. And, and so in our live event, 
last week, one of the concepts that we spoke about was this, that we'll begin this journey, you know, we'll begin the crawl out of the black pit. And it it can be exciting, but it also can feel really hard. You know, it looks, that rise looks really long. (laughs) Um, You know, when you're standing in a hole and you're looking up, you know, it looks really challenging and overwhelming. And there can be a lot of feelings of fear and, you know, we, we might believe that we can't do it. And this is why I think having someone to lead us that actually has risen out of the black hole is really powerful and really important <laughs> because to try and climb out of that baby on your own, fuck, it's hard. It's so hard. And um, so one of the concepts that we spoke about was we're actually not falling backwards. We're not falling back down into the bottom of the pit or the black hole. When we're on the rise and we uh, we come to a challenge and that challenge could be low energy, it could be we get sick, could be some hormonal stuff. Uh, It could be, you know, even our environment, our job, our relationships. Uh, It could be pain, injury, discomfort. So we have this challenge then we feel like we're falling backwards. And maybe we need to take some time off. Maybe we get sick uh, and we have to take a week or two off. What comes up a lot in my work is this feeling of like frustration. And a lot of the women feel like they've gone backwards and they're gonna lose everything that they've been working towards and they feel like they're in the bottom of the black hole. But what I invite them to think about and what we do in Warrior School is we reframe it. So language is really important to me. And I believe that we need proactive language that really helps us aggressively solve problems. Uh, And we need, we do a lot of reframing, uh, pulling, basically pulling ourselves up on our bullshit and the stories that go on in our head. And so it's not a backwards fall into the pit. It's a hard right. So we have to hook it right and we have to do a pit stop. We just have to, we have to stop there and we really need to look at the challenge. We need to look at what's come up around our beliefs, the story, what's come up in the physical body. And now what strategy or system do we need to put in place in order for us to hook it back left onto our long road home? And this will come up a lot. Uh, It never stops coming up (laughs) ever. And so... After I did a lot of a lot of the work around my relationship to injury and pain, and this was about six years ago, since then, I've really welcomed discomfort. I've welcomed injury. I've welcomed pain as an opportunity. They're really just sensations. They are a challenge or a sensation that the body's telling us that we just need to pay attention to. And yes, that means that we have to hook it, do a hard right, We have to do a pit stop. We have to figure out what's going on. That is a part of the practice. Hard rights, challenges are a part of the practice. It is not a linear journey. But man, do I wish it was. (laughs) I so wish it was linear. You know, because I don't like going back down towards the pit or feeling like I am. You know, I don't like taking hard rights and having to stop. 
But I have learned, especially over the last five to six years, that that is part of the practice. And the more that we embrace that, the more that we get curious, the more we actually want more hard rights. I think the more hard rights, the better. Because when we're in the hard rights, that's where we build capacity. That's where we learn more about ourselves. That's when we learn how to actually approach the pain or the discomfort or the injury. And this is a big thing that we spoke about on the weekend in our event was one of my missions as, a, as you know, in my work and uh, what Warrior School is about is that I want to teach my women how to train, the processes, the methods, but I want to teach them how they can deal with hard rights, how they can rehab themselves through discomfort or pain or an injury. Because my coach taught me how to do that. And I think it is one of the most empowering things that we can learn. Now, when something comes up in my body, I know how to lead self. I know how to manage that. I know how to work through that. I have such a massive toolkit to pull on. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have a coach or I don't have a team. And we're going to get to my current situation uh, that I promised that I would share with you at the start of the podcast episode in a second. But I pretty much know how to lead myself through something. So if I experience something, a sensation comes up in my body, there's some discomfort. I pull on all the tools and the, and the resources that I've learned over the last 12 years and I can lead myself through that. Do you know how cool that is? It's so cool. So that's one of, uh, one of the goals of Warrior School is to teach women how to do that. Uh, Dr. Greg Lehman, who is a pain scientist, he talks about this cup analogy and how, you know, when we shove all these things in the cup, so stress, uh, no sleep, poor environment, stressful relationships, not nourishing ourselves enough, not training in the right way, we're shoving all these things in the cup, then the cup overflows. And when the cup overflows, that's when we experience pain. And so his work looks at how do we build a bigger cup? How do we build a bigger capacity, uh, bigger resilience, bigger tolerance for pain? Uh, which is a really cool analogy. And I really, I, really like, um, I really like that. I think it can be helpful to think about. You know, we could also think about our umbrella. So I talk about our red umbrella and how... We have our umbrella, which is like the state of us, the state of our nervous system. Then we have all of these prongs. So sleep, food, relationships, work, environment, um, training, physiology, cycle. Now, if one or more of those prongs aren't working right, it affects our nervous system. It affects our body. And potentially then we can have pain. Uh, if, if these prongs are broken or not working right. So, you know, thinking of the cup or thinking of the umbrella uh, and what's super fascinating when it comes to my body, and this has always been the case, uh, it's actually, it's, it's pretty cool. I've worked with a lot of practitioners. I've had amazing coaches 
It's always a bit of a puzzle to kind of figure out what's going on. And getting a diagnosis has never been really helpful uh, for myself. And I want to talk to that a little bit. So, you know, we can have someone that has no pain at all. And let's take back pain uh, because it's really well studied and there's um, quite a lot of research and science around it. So we can have someone that's in no pain at all and we put them in an MRI machine and they have a bulged disc or they have a lot of, you know, really fun stuff going on in their spine, but they're not in pain. Then we can take someone else who has chronic pain, chronic back pain, uh, put them in an MRI and we actually can't find anything wrong with the tissue. Uh, Super interesting. Yeah. So what pain scientists are starting to learn is that pain is an experience. Pain is not a signal that originates from bodily tissues. So pain actually comes from the brain. And it's now thought to be generated on the basis of a perceived need to protect the body tissue from harm, which is really, really cool. Uh, And it's not a dependable indicator of tissue state. So someone can have really healthy tissue and actually nothing going on structurally, but they can be experiencing pain and it's real pain. you know, their experience of it is real. They are really in pain. But it's so much more complex than what we we originally thought, which was very much focusing on the physical. They actually call it the biopsychosocial model. And in there, they look at the biology, the psychology and the social aspects. And all of these um, interrelate and all of these come into play in how we experience pain. So it's an experience. And um, Professor Lorimer Morsley, I think it is, he's an Australian uh, clinical scientist and he investigates pain in humans. And he, I think he is like a professor of clinical neuroscience and the chair in physiotherapy. So I'm pretty sure he was a physiotherapist and then um, went in to study pain. Anyway, he has, his program is called Tame the Beast. And there is this short video on there on pain. And I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. It's an animated, I think, five minute video that I did show my warriors in our internal event. And the way that he explains it um, is beautifully expressed and articulated. So I'll pop the link to tame the beast, (laughs) it's called, because that's what pain can feel like. It can feel like this beast um, that that is there, you know, gnawing away at us. Uh, I like to think of like this, you know, this, I think in the video he uses, I think they're foxes or, you know, little animals that are sitting on their shoulder and just like gnawing away at their shoulder. Uh, to to depict the experience of pain. Anyway, watch Tame the Beast and he does an amazing job at talking you through um, and helping you understand pain. What he also says is that chronic pain is more often about nervous system sensitivity than actual tissue damage. So the body or the brain gets kind of used to being in pain, conditioned, and so it becomes more sensitive Uh, and then we can experience pain. They're also finding that how you think about your pain can change the way that it feels. 
And that understanding is important because it changes the way that you respond to pain. And this is a really key one uh, that I'm going to tie into my current experience. So on and off, I get this flare up in my lower back right side around L3, L4, L5. And then when it's quite bad, it sends a referral pain to the outside of my hip and down into the front of my hip. Now, I have an amazing coach. I have an amazing team of practitioners. And for the past year or so, uh, since it's presented, as I said, it's more of a chronic issue. We've been working really hard to try and figure out what makes it feel really good um, and what flares it up. And it was really bad about a year or so ago. And I took some rest off training. You know, we, we stripped everything right back, you know, and essentially I had my... I had my challenge, I had to take a hard right and I had to really pit stop for quite a while and we had to figure out, okay, why am I in such a bad flare up? What's going on? The referral pain into my hip was really bad. It would ache when I was walking Hank, it would ache at night. So we stripped everything back. We went back to doing a lot of torso stiffening work, like midline work, hip exploration work. um, And we spent a good three, four months um, with, my, with my coach and with my practitioners trying to figure out um, how to support uh, the presentation. And it began to get better. You know, our approach was working and we knew that because I was in less pain, less discomfort. I could take on doing more challenging movements. Uh, and so we moved out of, out of, that, um, out of that pain experience and could go back into doing more challenging complex movements. And then we started just to rebuild my strength back up with the barbell, which is kind of, you know, leads me into where I am today. So a a big part of our work is to rebuild my barbell strength, my pure raw strength. I hadn't touched a heavy barbell in about five or six years. Uh, And so we, we wanted to rebuild that with my intention to go back to Olympic weightlifting. But, you know, I'm not Olympic weightlifting ready. I'm not platform ready. Uh, And so we had this plan. Now, a few weeks ago, it started to flare up again. And, you know, there was a movement, something that I was doing that we think had contributed to to this recent flare up. but we're not exactly sure. And so for the past three weeks, I've been pretty flared up. Um, I've had it pretty chronically there, kind of gnawing away at me. And so yesterday I was doing some stuff for it, more rehab work, exploration work. You know, I haven't really been lifting for a couple of weeks. Um, I've just been doing... Um, exploration work, which what that means is just doing certain movements to explore really what's going on. Um, when you when you experience discomfort or pain, uh, especially more of a chronic presentation, what we normally do, how we start to move through it is we want to try and understand it. We want to try and understand what's going on in the body. 
And so what that means, and potentially you need support, you know, you might need to find a practitioner or a coach that can help you understand it. But basically what we're looking for is, okay, where is it? How is it presenting? What flares it up? What makes it feel better? You know, if you've been to a practitioner before or a physio, you know, they'll do an assessment and they'll ask you all these questions. They'll do like an initial assessment. They'll have a look at how the body's moving. Basically, they're just trying to understand your pain. They're trying to understand the biomechanics of the body and what's actually going on. And what I often say to my women is that, you know, it's it's a very, it can present quite complex. Um, sometimes, you know, it's simple. If we have an acute injury, you know, we tear our ACL, pretty simple, yeah. But if it's more of a chronic presentation, like myself, it can be extremely complex because I can do everything. I can do everything in my training uh, and I'm so highly functioning. What we are finding though is that because I push so hard in my training, I love to train hard. Like I love it. I love to push so hard. The accumulation of that over time potentially then creates a flare up. So it's not that I'm doing anything wrong or it's one particular movement. It's just an accumulation looking back at the cup that I'm just shoving a bit too much in my cup that then it overflows and then I experience this flare up or this pain. And what I often tell my warriors is that our body will always have a pain story or an injury story. You know, for you, it might be your shoulder or it might be your knee or your ankle. For me, it's my back. Uh, If my cup overflows or my umbrella breaks a little bit, it is, it will always present in that lumbar spine on that right side. That's when I had my initial back problem. That's, I guess, like an imprinted story um, in my body. Now, it's not a good story or a bad story. It just, that's what, that's my pain experience when I my cup overflows. So what we're starting to look at now is this accumulation of stuff. Uh, and... I'm going to bring you to current day, current flare up. Um, So a few weeks ago, I think it was just an accumulation of bringing the barbell back in, training, pushing really hard (laughs) Uh, and then starting to get a bit flared. So we put the brakes on, we come into this exploration phase. We really tried to look at, understand the the flare up or the pain. You know, I'm working with my coach with a couple of practitioners. I really looked at challenging some of my assumptions. And that's also really important. When we move through pain and injury, we want to challenge our assumptions, you know, the beliefs that we have around it. Uh, And then we were just, we wanted, we were measuring my progress over the last few weeks. You know, we would do something, we would expose the body to it. Okay, how did it tolerate it? You know, what came up? What did you learn from it? Um, How did you feel the next day? Was it okay within, you know, 24 hours? Um, Then we started to challenge it with some more movements. And so... (laughs) So yesterday, you know, I did a session. I had done a session three days ago with my coach that made it a little angry. Um, 
trained my upper body. We're starting to think that if I put myself in a bit too much extension when I'm doing my upper body work, which is like arching, it can create a little bit of a flare up there. And then I did some stuff yesterday morning for it. And I got so angry, like, like an angry beast. Um, And it just like bit onto my back and my side. And so I got in to see my physio. We did a bit of a treatment. I was in tears. My nervous system was really fried. And I'm sure you've experienced that, um, you know, when you're in that acute um, pain or discomfort and the nervous system gets really shaken, you get really fried and you get really emotional. And so I was, I was also on day one of my cycle. So here I am in my physio's office and I'm in tears and I'm on day one of my cycle. He's an amazing practitioner and, you know, he held space for me and supported me. And we did some actual physical treatment where we got to release, um, you know, some stuff in my back and Basically, sometimes when we're like that, we just want to be held. So I was like, just hold me or touch me. Just put your hand on my back. Uh, And then I spent the rest of the day flat on my back. I was pretty uncomfortable. I, you know, couldn't move around very well. I had a massive day plan to do podcasting, to get out, you know, a bunch of like workshop stuff that I had to do, but I couldn't concentrate. The thing with pain and discomfort is that it can leak energy. And if we, you know, if we don't actually create space for it, um, the whole, this whole idea about how do we move through pain and injury, the first thing that we have to do, especially if it's an acute flare up, is that we just need to create space for it. Uh, And that we just need, there's a saying of calm shit down and then build shit back up again which I love. Um, and so yesterday, the, my goal was to calm shit down before I build shit back up again. And now the calming down that may, we may need a day, we may need a couple of days. For me, with this current flare up, I just need a couple of days. I need my nervous system to come back down. I need the tissue to not be as flared up. And then I can start building shit back up again. I think where a lot of us get stuck is if we experience pain or an acute flare-up, we feel frozen. And I've been there, I get it, where you don't want to do anything at all. You just want to stop everything altogether. But we can do so many things around our pain while we're allowing it to calm down and while we're exploring what's actually going on. Uh, And there are a few things that we can really look at that I'll talk about in a second. But I think that's really important. If you're in an acute flare up or it's an acute injury, we just really need for shit to calm down, calm the shit down. And often that is like trying to bring the nervous system back down, resting, spending time in the sunshine, potentially getting a treatment. Sometimes it can make you feel worse um, actually getting getting a treatment in acute flare up. Uh, you know, nourishing the body, sleeping, resting. And then we can build shit back up. And when we build shit back up, we're looking at understanding the pain or the flare up. 
So a lot of exploration. We really just need to be open to doing things that, yes, might be uncomfortable, but we've got to explore it. We've got to be curious. We've got to try and understand what's going on. What makes it feel good? What doesn't make it feel good? Sometimes we don't need a diagnosis. You know, I don't need a diagnosis for my back. Actually, someone said to me the other day, why don't you just go and get a, get a scan? Go and get an MRI. And I said to them, yeah, even if I see the MRI and yes, there is like a disc problem, that's not going to change my approach. It doesn't, often it doesn't change your approach, how you approach an injury, because how we approach it is always movement based. We're always approaching pain, discomfort and injury from a movement perspective. And often people go the opposite way and they don't want to do anything. And that can actually make it worse. Uh, also it conditions the body to be more sensitive to pain. So I always take a movement-based approach. And when I experience pain, injury, or discomfort, yeah, I want to like maybe let it calm down, but I'm always looking at, okay, what makes it feel good? What um, strengthens up? So for me, it is, I need to come back to doing midline work, uh, creating stability in the pelvis so the tissues don't get so angry, trying to stabilize the spine. Then um, what we're doing is just measuring our progress. So when I start to build stuff back up in a couple of days, I'm just going to measure my progress. What makes it feel good? What, what doesn't maybe? You know, what couldn't I do without being in discomfort? And what can I do now? That's really important because that helps us build confidence back. And then we're just slowly going to bring in more challenging movements again. So we, we start to load it up again. We start to bring back in complexity and we're just monitoring, monitoring and measuring the progress. So for me, I don't need a scan because my approach is going to be exactly the same. Okay, so let's look at a few other things um, when it comes to you know discomfort or pain. So we want to look at whether the pain is made noticeably worse with use and feels better with rest. Okay, so if it does, it's maybe a sign of, of some form of load adjustment has to be made. Okay, so if, you know, if it's worse with use, so yesterday I made it worse with use and it felt better after a day of rest. All right, so I need to adjust load some, somewhere in there. So basically my tissues or my structure just can't handle the load that I was giving it. So we need to adjust it. Sometimes the actual diagnosis can be helpful for sure. Like I said, acute injury, a rupture, a tear, because then some things actually need offloading. So Nicole, who tore her labrum and her bicep tendon, can't just go doing handstands. She's a hand balancer. She actually needs to offload it because she's going to create more damage. Um, whereas other things don't, yeah, depending on what's going on. So sometimes the diagnosis can be helpful. We also want to look at how new or old is the pain. If it's newer and it's more acute or we are injured, it's more likely that we just need some initial offloading. We just need some initial rest. Uh, we can also look at how severe the pain is. This can be a hard one because I find that a lot of us don't have a very good pain tolerance <laughs> or a discomfort tolerance um, as human beings. Uh, 
So I use a scale of one to five with my women. I think 10 is too high and we can get a bit lost. So when I'm working with them and we're trying to move through discomfort, pain or an injury, I always say to them, we want to keep it around a two, two and a half out of five. If five being is being like excruciating sharp pain, like imagine I have a knife and I'm like stabbing you in the shoulder. That's a five. That's like a red lining, you know, horrible sensation. A zero being no pain at all. We want to hover around a two, two and a half. Um, If we're getting to three or four, we're going to actually have a look at a little bit of a scale that I give them inside of warrior school to give them confidence of whether or not they keep going. So we're just looking at, okay, how severe is the pain? What I often talk about with my women, I've done this for years and years now, and I think we really need to get clear on this and the language that we use. Is it painful? Is it pain or is it discomfort? That's really important. Okay, so I really want you to think about next time you experience pain, and I've quoted it in air quotes, is it painful or is it just uncomfortable? Is there some discomfort or is there just even a sensation there? Because we've developed this fear around sensation. It's like we're afraid to feel, (laughs) not just physically, but emotionally and mentally, I feel like. We're such good numbers, numb the pain, numb the sensation, numb the feeling. Uh, We actually want to feel it, feel it all. Uh, And this is why, you know, and I'm not a doctor, so don't take my my medical advice, but this is why I'm not a massive fan of taking painkillers. Like yesterday, Carson was like, just take an Advil. And I said, no, because I got to feel my pain. I got to feel it all. I think I really just like to suffer some sometimes. Maybe I'm a little bit sadistic and I like discomfort. I really do like discomfort and pain. I think it teaches us a lot. Can be a little tiring on the nervous system for sure, but I won't take painkillers. I can't remember the last time I've taken a painkiller because uh, I don't want to desensitize myself to the pain experience. Um, and so, again, not a doctor, but I'm just saying like, you know, Is it painful or is it just a little bit uncomfortable? And let's maybe get comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. Um, What else can we look at? Uh, If you need to pull back, so if we need to to calm shit down, we do not want to stop completely, okay? So there should be a way that you can keep doing something as close as possible to the thing that maybe you can't do. And this is really important. So all of my women in warrior school, if something comes up, they still train. You know, if it's a lower body issue, they still have an upper body. They still have a midline. Um, You know, if it's an upper body issue or a shoulder issue, they still have a lower body. They still have a core and a midline. You know, or we can even do things with the thing that's um, in pain or discomfort, depending on what's going on. So we want to avoid the thing, maybe that's creating the discomfort uh, for the shortest period possible, okay? And we gradually want to get back to it as soon as possible. We want to use it. We want to be able to do the thing. I'll often hear is like, oh, I just can't do it, so I'm not going to do it. That is a sign that you need to do it. The body should be able to do it. So your body will become sensitive the longer pain is present and it can make pain signals become less 
trustworthy the longer you have been in pain. Um, and this is a really big one. So we really want to like move out of, out of that, move away from that. As I said, pain does not always equal tissue damage, okay? Particularly once it's been present for a long time. So it's really important to understand tissue healing. So if you're working with your practitioner and you, did an, you have an acute injury or acute flare up, I really want you to ask your practitioner about tissue healing um, and to understand that, hey, actually three months down the line, the tissue's healed. And so then, you know, if the pain is persistent, we really need to be looking at all of those other things that we spoke about at the start of the episode. Loading an injured body part early can help with tissues um, and to help rebuild them more effectively and more quickly than if you offload it. Uh, so particularly in an area that is used uh, used to being loaded, so the lower limb. So there's actually some really cool research out there around how our injured body part, if we load it early uh, and properly and correctly and totally get support from a practitioner or a coach, that it actually helps us recover faster, recover better, which is super cool. Okay, so to finish up, the, I guess the, the red, orange, green light that we use in warrior school or the yes, keep going, maybe keep going, but like modify it or don't keep going uh, and tell me if we use this. And so yes, keep going. You know, if the pain is like mild, uh, you can forget that it's there at a time. You might feel it just doing a particular movement. If it doesn't get worse when you continue your session, so what I tell my warriors, if they're doing their practice and their pain doesn't get worse, yes, keep going. Or if they're doing a movement and the discomfort or the pain doesn't get worse, keep doing the movement. If it doesn't persist after training or feel worse the next day. So what I tell them and you know, in their notes and when we're talking in their training app, I'll often ask, you know, how did it feel that night or how did it feel the next day? I'm kind of after, you know, what's the body telling us? What information? I want to understand their discomfort or pain. So I ask them a lot of questions. Uh, maybe keep going, but we modify, you know, if it's a moderate pain, if we're starting to hover around that 2.53, okay, we can keep going. But maybe we just need to reduce the load or the intensity or the volume. You know, maybe we need to monitor um, uh, a little bit more closely. So the pain might get a little bit worse with a movement or training, but it's gone after a few hours. So, you know, you won't feel it that night. It doesn't keep you awake. And the next day it feels fine. Uh, if it continues, I tell them, for more than a couple of weeks or it gets worse, okay, then we... Then we bring it into, all right, we might need to modify the session. Um, we might need to explore a little bit deeper. And then do not keep going. Uh, I tell them if they're in a session and the pain is really strong, it's like red light, you know, sharp, radiating. It's like a four, four and a half. Uh, if it's really upsetting you, like it's shaking that nervous system, what I experienced yesterday, and you can't ignore it, stop. You know, if it's, then present during the day and it's interrupting your sleep or if it's getting worse after that session and it persists for more than 24 hours you know we really want to stop and we want to seek treatment or we just need to rest you know we really need to calm shit down before we build shit back up again okay warrior 
that was, she was a big one. She was a long one. Uh, I hope it was helpful in understanding that, you know, you can move through pain and injury. Uh, Also that if we're on this journey, long way home to build a stronger body that we feel great in, it's not linear. You're going to have rises. You're going to have challenges um, within the training practice. Those challenges, yeah, they come up a lot around discomfort, pain and injury. But we have to take hard rights, get the support that you need in that hard right. Then you can pull back in and you can continue to move forward. If you feel really stuck with this training stuff, you know, maybe you're finding it really hard to get out of the bottom of the pit or the black hole, Uh, you know, you can't rise up. I really invite you to check out Warrior School. You know, in Warrior School, I help women and I lead them through this, um, through this experience. You know, I help them rise up out of the black hole uh, through training, uh, developing a training practice that works with their body. Uh, We overcome challenges together. You know, we take hard rights. I help coach and lead them through those hard rights, whether it's stress or energy or their cycle or pain or injury. And then, you know, I help them build capacity. So if you really feel like, you know, you're ready to take the long way home, you want to get stronger, you want to feel great in your body, but you feel like you just can't get out of that black hole or the pit, or you feel like you you start to rise and then you land back down there, check it out. Check out Warrior School. Um, You know, we'd love to have you. I love this work. Uh, It's hard work, but... You know, learning to rise and build capacity is is so super cool. So I'll pop the link to Warrior School in the show notes and check her out. You can fill out the application form. You know, Warrior School is not for everyone. I ask for a minimum nine month uh, time investment, even though I want to ask for two years. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's for women who are ready to to slow things down, but to get out of that black hole, to get out of the pit, to build a body that will carry them through life on their own terms. So check her out. Okay, Warrior Woman, bye for now. Warrior Woman, you can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give it love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, tag me in it on Instagram with your biggest takeaways.